Secrets from a Coach. Thrive and maximise your potential in the evolving workplace. Your weekly podcast with Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson-Staveley of Phenomenal Training. Debs. Law, how are you doing? Well, I've got a bit of a cold, actually. No. How is it making you feel? Well, um, it's unlike me to sort of be a little bit kind of off the grid, but I tell you, it means you can do some guilt-free TV watching, doesn't it? Ooh, so, yeah. I've been what have you watched? Tu- well, I've been tucking into this amazing series. It's only available on Disney, but it's based on the real-life story around Theranos. Theranos. All right. And uh, Theranos, it's just come out in the courts, but it was basically this uh, enormous startup business that at one point was valued nine billion dollars. And uh, the startup entrepreneur was this really kind of charismatic, interesting character called Elizabeth Holmes. And basically she just hoodwinked everyone. The tech never worked. Um, oh. All of the claims were kind of based on fraudulent science, but she oh was gosh. so charismatic and compelling. And so it's interesting in our topic this month, talking about confidence, in that actually sometimes zero self-monitoring, zero level of responsibility or accountability can actually sometimes not be particularly healthy or positive or um, legal, (laughs) (laughs) Um, which is why I think confidence is such a fascinating topic, isn't it? Because it's in the eye of the beholder. So if you're a real charismatic individual like Elizabeth Holmes was, you know, if people want to believe in you, so they believe Mm -hmm. in you, then actually sometimes just uh, 110% unfiltered levels of confidence can get into kind of being arrogant and, uh, you know, lying, basically. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And I think that's why the more self-aware you are, really self-aware you are, and that you're getting feedback and you're checking out the impact you're having on people, enables you to you know, know yourself better and be able to like what you do, like how you do it, to create success for yourself without harming any other people, you know, anybody else around you. Yeah, particularly because it was health-related. I mean, it, yes. all this biotechnical stuff. Uh, it's wonderful, isn't it, how you can uh, uh, lie to yourself that sitting there watching stuff on the Disney Channel... <laughs> Love it. ...is, is research. <laughs> it is research because, look, you've just got it a story research. from that and you you're go, oh, comparing. Right. I love it. I love it. Yeah. You're absolutely right. So talking of stories, how amazing. In today's episode, we have got a visitor. We have. So we've got the wonderful Shona Rowan, with whom you and her go way back. And because of her fascinating and quite unusual background, she's just a real refreshing insight into the psychology of success. So she's recently published her book, The um, Psychology of Successful Women. And based on her research, what are the insights and recommendations that she can share? So um, can't wait to hear her insights, Debs. Yeah, definitely. Enjoy, Laura. It was such a great conversation and uh, we could have spoken for ages. So yeah, listen in and let me know your thoughts at the end. Hello, everyone. I'm absolutely delighted today to be able to be joined by Shona Rowan, who is a performance and mindset consultant, an inspirational speaker, and a high-performance coach. And she has just written her very first book, The Psychology of Successful Women, um, which I've obviously been reading and found it fascinating. And I'm delighted that I can speak to her today about her book, but also a little bit more about her, because um, we met, didn't we, Shona, way back when? Yes. 
Um, so, which yes. is the power of a network, right? And absolutely, I've watched what you've done, and um, and when you announced that you were launching your book, I just thought, yes, I'm going to speak to her more about oh. that. But also for our listeners to find out a little bit more about what you do and and what's got you to where you are today, is that okay? Yes. Well, thank you so much for inviting me on, Debs. And like you said, I was reflecting, and I think we've known each other for at least 14 years. Yeah. When I cast my mind back, I think it was 2008 when we met. So it no, was. thank you for inviting me on. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. So give give us a bit of a, a sort of a snapshot about your background and what's got you to where you are today. So I think, Debs, I have always loved the world of professional development, learning, you know, books, psychology. And so you know, when I studied at university, I knew psychology was the right choice for me because I love people. And then after I'd finished my qualifications, I kind of landed in a professional development program at a university. And that's when I realized, wow, this is very close to what I can imagine doing with my life. I love teaching people. I love helping people. I love learning myself constantly. And so I worked in a professional development program for nearly five years. And then while I was doing that, completed postgraduate studies in school psychology. So I trained to be a school psychologist. But whilst all that was happening, I had this sort of burning desire in me, Debs, to to play even bigger. And I knew I wanted to travel. And I sort of had this vision of working with big groups of people and helping people achieve their goals and aspirations. So yeah, in 2006, I took a big leap of faith and moved to the UK from my homeland of Australia and started working with a small consulting firm, um, got a huge amount of experience, started doing my first big events, my first keynotes, uh, working with you know global organizations. And then in 2008, I decided to take another, another leap of faith <laughs> and launched out on my own, which is, I think was about the time you and I met. Yes. And I guess the rest is history, Deb. So yeah, I've managed to create a business that taps into yeah, the psychology and the peak performance, because I used to compete for Australia as a ballroom dancer, and yeah. you know that may or may not come yeah. up today. <laughs> Yeah, and so now I essentially I work with companies and I do a lot around uh, peak performance in the workplace, if you like. So a lot around helping organisations build high-performing teams, helping build leadership and management capability, and also I've got a huge passion uh, around empowering women and supporting other women in business. So I also do a huge amount of work helping organisations develop, support, retain their female talent. Yes. so yeah, I think all of these things have been in me a long time, Debs. And yeah, I, I can't really imagine doing anything outside of that training, coaching, speaking space. Yeah, it's just amazing, isn't it, as well? And I know when we first met, you just come off the back. It always sticks in my mind this. You just come off the back of doing a big keynote speak um, to a big global bank. Um, and you were sharing the story of how you felt nervous stepping into it and and that whole topic around imposter syndrome and and what was going on for you at that time. I mean, you nailed it, but it was really interesting, wasn't it? That you even, you know, as you said, you've done it a few times and you know your stuff and you know the topic you're talking about. And you mentioned that in your book around what is imposter syndrome. Um, so I wanted mm. to ask you a question around that. You know, what what is it? What makes people, yeah. it makes people, I don't know if that's the right word really, but what is it that people feel like they're an imposter? So in your experience, yeah. what have you learned? So in my experience, as is the case with a lot of people, I guess, like I didn't even realise it was imposter syndrome, Debs. You know, you just feel like, what am I doing? (laughs) Have I oversold myself? Is it all going to fall apart? Are the wheels going to come off? You know, is it all going to come crashing down? (laughs) And it wasn't until years later when I started researching this more and I thought, wow, there's this actual thing called Mm -hmm. imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. 
And it's very common in high achievers, not surprisingly. And it's this sense of being found out or, you know, other people thinking that we're more capable or intelligent, you know, and able than we sort of think we are. And I think the really interesting thing about imposter syndrome is it is more common in women than in men. Yeah. But also it's it's common in people that have actually already had quite a lot of success. So it's, you know, it's that sense of it's almost like they talk about women not being able to sometimes claim our successes. So, you know, in my example, like you said, even though I've had lots of experience as a dancer and in training and development back in Australia, all of a sudden, you know, that new field, I, I felt so out of my depth and it was such a stretch for me that for at least several months, I, I did feel like the classic imposter. Mm. But then, you know, I, you, you catch up and you learn and you start to settle into the new role or the stretch and that becomes your new normal. So no, yeah. when you say that, I, I remember those days so clearly as well. And I was, you know, I was literally terrified. Like luckily <laughs> my ballroom dancing had taught me quite a lot around exactly. body language and performance <laughs> and performing under pressure. But if someone could have heard my internal dialogue, I was totally freaking out. Yeah. But yeah, no. And you know what? Since then, so many other, you know, people that I've spoken to and a lot of other women have said, yeah, they've all had their own version of that, whether yeah. that has been when they've had a, a promotion or, you know, some big change in their career or they've said yes to something and then afterwards thought, oh, God, can I even do this? You know, so, <laughs> yeah, imposter syndrome. I, yeah, I wanted to share about that in the book because I thought it's one of those very common things mm-hmm. I see with my clients. I've yeah. experienced it and it comes up for many of us, right? It does. Yeah, it does. And we hear it all the time in the work that we're doing. And I suppose that's, the, you know, that's the bit around the confidence then, isn't it, to step on in? And as you said, you know, for people that don't know, you were a ballroom champion dancer professional um, in your career and that never leaves you. I know that. Um, Not for me being a dancer, obviously, but um, it's just that ability to have the confidence as you step out on the floor, right, to perform to your best. So what does it take to be successful? (laughs) Great question, Deb. Lots of things, right? So I guess you know, back to your first question, it took me a while to even realise that that's, it was almost like in hindsight I realised what my deep passion was and it was very much almost studying successful people and going, what is it about the way they think? Because I've got that psychology, you know, the psychology training in me. Like what, what is it about their thoughts? What is it about their beliefs? What is it about the way they respond to things, you know? And also obviously what are some of those behaviours? And so, yeah, in terms of what makes people successful, when it came to my book at least, I went, you know what, there's so many things. Yeah. I'm just going to pick like 10 main yeah. ones. Um, but some of them, as, as you, you would know because you've read the book, yeah. things like um, that self-belief piece, right? Yes. Again, we all kind of know some of this at some level, but every time I work with someone, you know, the confidence piece, there's so much research that shows and we know it intuitively that if we don't have that authentic belief, it ripples through in our behaviour, it ripples through in our language. We don't want to put our hand up. We wouldn't want to go on a podcast. We wouldn't want to do a keynote presentation. We might not even apply for the job promotion or the opportunity, right? So things like self-belief, absolutely, absolutely key. Things like networking, like you said, I talk about a lot in my book as well, like some of those behavioural things as well. So you know, opportunities come through people. And to, to remind you again, I mean, I'm sure you remember, but I remember it very, very clearly. I had launched my business not long after. You and me met through some random coincidence. It was some random, pre- yeah. It was, a, it was a random meeting, like some of the best opportunities in life are, right? Which is Absolutely. Why like, oh, you never know where those opportunities are going to come from. You have to always be really open. But that sense of building those relationships, building those long-lasting relationships, being good at networking. So that's definitely a key that I see in all the people that are successful. 
you know, they're clear around some of their goals as well. So you would know this as a coach. And, yeah. you know, I say I'm a high-performance coach. All my job is helping people go, well, where are you now? Where do you want to yeah. be? So when it comes to successful people, I think they're quite good at going, okay, well, what are my goals? What am I chasing? And where am I in relation to that? And then, you know, finding ways and means of coming up with a plan to help them achieve that, whether yeah. they get a coach, go on a program, read books. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah. there's, there's so there's so many um, things that come into play around your mindset and behavior, and I think the more the more you know yourself, and the more you know your goals, and the more you know what you're chasing, yeah. and that helps you come up with that plan. But but again, linked to your point around what makes successful people, I think one of the biggest things that you've already kind of alluded to earlier, and that I keep refinding for myself and for people I work with. It is that ability to take action even when they're scared. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, so when I talk about imposter syndrome, when I talk about perfectionism, when I talk about a lot of these things in the book, so the difference really is not whether they've ever felt it or not, because most people have, but it's how do they still take action, yeah. even if that's coming up? How do yes. they somehow work through that fear or that self-doubt and go, you know what, I'm going to find a way, I'm going to trust myself, I'm going to seek help, I'm going to get a coach. So I think one of the biggest bits is, is literally that. It's the ability to go, you know what, in spite of my fears and doubts, I'm going to absolutely act anyway. And yes. every single successful woman that I've ever asked will say that. They'll be like, Shona, I'm still terrified all the time. The difference is I don't interpret it as a stop sign. Yes. You know what I mean? So, yeah. You've got to see it as an opportunity, isn't it, to take that big, deep breath and just go. And I love that in your book with your quote right near the end, um, you are the secret to your success. I love that quote. And it was that bit for me that said, what inspired you to put that as your quote? Do you know what, Deb? I love that you said this. I, I love it because as well, I know you know me, we've not spoken for quite a long time. We have. Quote was the, it was the last quote I put in. Yes. It was so funny, right? So I found all these quotes I loved by all these inspirational speakers and other authors that I loved. And then at the end, I was a bit like, you know what? I want to say something that, like you said, sort of epitomizes me. And I thought, that's that's it. And I Googled it and I was like, wow, no one else has said it. Awesome. <laughs> I can claim this. It's going in <laughs> it's the book. Mine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was, it was to me, that sort of means like it is you being you in all your glory, trusting yourself. You know, it is your beliefs, it's your actions, it is what you do, it's how you react to things life throws at you, it's, yes. it's how you respond to the challenges that come at you because we Absolutely. all have them, right? So I love that sense of, because I wanted it to feel empowering as well, like you, you have that power, like you are the key and if you believe that, then all these other things you can kind of, you can work out and you can exactly. get support. So I love knowing that you, you yeah. enjoyed that. I really it was, it was the that. last thing I added. It was. it was the last thing I added. Yeah. I know. I went to, so I read the book and I got to that and went, oh my God, I love that quote. That's so you as well. <laughs> and it was that bit I thought, oh my God, what oh. prompted you to think that? But also, I suppose it's knowing what you know now and the amount of people oh. you must have come into contact with over the years that you've been doing what you're doing. What would you say are maybe the one or two things that gets in the way of people being successful? You know, because you've mentioned understanding yourself, mm. knowing your values and your beliefs is really key, just going for it. But what are the two things? Well, do you know what I would say? Because a lot of my clients, and I'm sure yours are as well, are kind of what I call the high achievers, right? Yes. So I would say perfectionism. So this yeah, is one okay. that took me quite a long time to realize what a double-edged sword it was. So again, the competitive forum dancing, right? Of You're course. literally being judged. That was my background. 
And yes, a lot of, of people course. that I work with, you know, they work in these really high achieving competitive environments. But when you really look at perfectionism, often it's this big fear of failure, right? And yeah. so I think one of the biggest blocks for a lot of people that I meet, and for me, it was this fear of, because when you're, when you're a perfectionist, you never feel ready. You're always scared it's not going to be good enough. You know, like, and with the book, Debs, I think, yeah, I shared it in the book briefly, but even as I was writing the book, Debs, you know, like I was like, I thought I dealt with it. I could feel it coming up oh, again. Oh, could you, you again? Know? Like, yeah. Perfectionism, you know, and that which links to the fact that a lot of these things I talk about, I think are layers. Yes. Which, which you know what I mean? Like you deal with a bit and then there's another layer and there's Absolutely. another layer. But in terms of blockers, I would say perfectionism. So for anyone listening on the call, if you're a high achiever, that can be a real block. So, yes, I'm not saying drop your standards. I'm not saying, you know, just aim for average, but it's almost like when have I done enough, you know, aiming for excellence, but not chasing that, you know, unachievable, exhausting pinnacle of perfection. So I think a lot of really, really successful people I've spoken to, they will all say, Shona, you know what, take imperfect action. And these are people who are like running million, you know, multi-million dollar businesses. Yeah. Whereas I think a year, like five years ago, if you'd asked me about that, I sort of thought that they would be perfectionists. But now I'm realising actually, especially the happy ones, I might yeah. add. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so I think, I think, so I think perfectionism definitely you can watch out for. All those other things you mentioned around not knowing yourself and things like that. But another one I would say, which came up writing the book, and I've had a lot of people give me feedback on the book and say this was a big challenge for them, was around sort of like boundaries and yes. people, you know, people pleasing. And again, I've struggled with that so much throughout my career and my personal life. Yeah, and you're so not alone many, in that. Many, yeah. And that's what so many women would say to me. Again, even really senior women that I would never have thought maybe had a challenge with that would say, Shona, that chapter still really resonated with me. You know, yes. you want to be all things to all people. And then that leads to burnout or or then you're not achieving your goals. So back to your thing around what makes someone successful often if we're so busy helping everyone else and giving so much to everyone else, then we either don't have the energy or the time or the resources to focus on our own goals. So I guess there's two maybe that people don't think of as commonly. So that people pleasing slash not having, not being assertive or not having clear boundaries that protect your energy and your time. I think that's really important, isn't it? And I think it's how how do we encourage people, I suppose, to put those boundaries in place? Because if they've always been used to being a people pleaser or doing everything for everyone, and then you know they come along and speak to us as coaches and and say, I need to have a go at putting some boundaries in, and, and that's where they struggle is to go, how do they even do that? And I suppose again, in your experience, you know, how have people done that? So they do put boundaries in place. How have they done that? So the first step always, as you know, as a coach, Deb, it's like, well, think about for you, is what I say to my clients, I almost spend some time with them working out where are those boundaries yes. a challenge. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. in what situations, in what environments? And there who? might even be certain individuals. Yeah, yes. absolutely. <laughs> that you find yourself saying yes when you want to say no. And then I always say, like, start with small baby steps because some of these things are really big, right? So what are some small things you can do? And again, in the book, I listed some examples of how to politely politely decline because, you know, saying no can be a big challenge. And again, with me, even now, sometimes it's like, you know, we don't want to say no. We want to be kind. We want to be helpful. Yeah. So how can you sometimes defer or or just have some almost ready-to-go responses? Like, thanks so much for asking me, Debs. I'd love to help you, but at the moment I'm just totally swamped. 
you know, perhaps you can get back to me in whatever amount of time or, yes. you know, being really honest about how much you've got on mm. or, or sometimes just deferring to buy yourself a little bit of time because saying no can be hard. So I yeah. think it's, it's having little strategies to help you deal with the specific challenges that you had. And so, yeah, with a lot of my clients and for me, it was like, well, what do I say? Yes. So in the book, I was like, well, here's six. Here's six here's, yes, you did. Yeah, that, that you can kind of tailor to your situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also it, it's about breaking habits and patterns as well, like you said, right? So yeah. part of it is kind of notice the next times it happens and you can feel yourself wanting to say yes and sort of pause and catch yourself and be like, no, I'm going to change my my natural pattern or reaction in this moment and it might feel uncomfortable because change often feels uncomfortable it does but then you've got to focus on those other sort of your goals and again a lot of it comes back to psychology and mindset because it's what we're saying to ourselves do you know what I mean so rather than say I'm so scared they're going to think I'm selfish or am I being selfish you could you could change that internal story to you know what I'm you know I'm learning to respect my boundaries I need to look after myself. Yeah. You know, I'm being a role model for other women by showing that, you know, sometimes it's okay to say no. And so yeah, the whole thought, our thoughts link into a lot of these things. Yeah, it does. And and I think you're right. That ability to showcase it and say no means, oh my God, if, if she can do it, so can I. Um, and as you say, just with a bit of planning and preparation and, you know, I know someone I work with, um, has been practicing like in the mirror saying no in the mirror and it's like, it doesn't matter. You're still practicing it. So your brain, right. And you know, this better than I do, will get used to that. And then it will just deliver when you need it. Right. So true. And one of the things linked to that as well in the book, I talk about, and you and me spoke about this before, Debs. It's also not just what people say, right? It's how they say it. Absolutely. Just say yeah. it Say it with kindness. Yes. Say it with authenticity. You could even say, you know, I'm finding it really hard to say no to you because I really want to help you. But yeah. the truth is I just don't have the capacity and I know if I do, I'm going to be overstretched. And, you know, so how, how you say it, and your intention behind Absolutely. it. Yeah. And I think that's that's the key. And that's keeping the respect in that relationship and and everything. And the trust is still there. And you know, you're not gonna overpromise then underdeliver. You're gonna be honest. And that's if that's what people buy into you, then you're you're role modeling that, right? You're being authentic Absolutely. and being yourself from that. So when you think about when you were doing your book, I suppose. What was the biggest surprise for you when you were exploring that topic of the psychology of successful women? What was one of the biggest surprises for you? Probably two things, Deb. One is that onion, that layer of onions that coaches will talk about, right? So like I said to you, every chapter, you know, you talk about confidence, I'd be writing about perfectionism or I'd be talking about networking or boundaries, but there's just layers upon layers of this stuff. So, you know, like, I've had really senior women read the book and go, wow, there were lots of things in there that I need to remind myself or I've forgotten or I can do it sort of that level. But then someone more at the beginning of their career could, could learn it. So I think with all of us, it's, I don't even know if depth is the right word, but do you know what I mean? Like yeah, these yeah. things, it's not like, it's not like you have confidence yes. or you don't. It's yeah. not like you've had imposter syndrome and then you don't anymore. Like yeah, that's true. They're all layers and as you move through different things, things pop up again um, and at different, so I think that sense of, it's not like you completely get there. Some of these big things I'm talking about in the book, there's sort of different layers and noticing when they're coming up again for you. And like I said, when I was writing the book, some of the things were coming up again for me because even though I had dealt with them a lot as a speaker and a coach and a business owner, as a writer, all of a sudden, some of those doubts were coming up again in a different context. I yes. thought that was one, just that sense of yeah, that's, layers. Yeah, layers, yeah. And, and, 
And probably linked to that is, is, and it is very linked to that, is that difference just between knowing and doing. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. again, you know, we can know sort of these things, but it doesn't mean we're doing it. Yeah. it doesn't and we're mean- the worst, right? because <laughs> we <laughs> just because we know this stuff yeah we don't always do it either do we yeah and that's why in my workshops I'll always say you know just because you know some of the things we're going to talk about you may have heard before some of them could be completely new but it's about thinking like how do they apply to you right now like what could you take from this what it, so I think um yeah that distinction between knowing and doing yeah hit me and a lot of my clients would say the same. Yeah. You know, they'd be like, yeah. yeah. It's like the networking. I think the networking quote was something like, you know, networking's a lot like, um, you know, working out at the gym or, you know, being healthy. It's like we all know we should do some of these things. Absolutely. But it doesn't mean no, it doesn't them, mean right? we do them. I know. And then that makes the difference from those that go out and achieve their hopes and dreams and make it happen because they're putting the work in. It's not, it's not easy, is it, to get what you want, you know? So we've got to put ourselves oh. out a little bit, haven't we? Oh, Debs, so that point, again, links to your question earlier so much so. I think that is, but people who are successful, they do put in the work. Yeah. And they're constantly learning and applying. And they, you know, and, they, and most, yeah, like, I can't, I'm trying to think if I could break that rule in my head, but literally all the successful and, you know, people who love their jobs and stuff like that are so passionate about continuing to learn. Yes. Continuing to sharpen the saw. They're always kind of that that open mindset, you know, like, and they know that even though they might know some things, that doesn't mean they're necessarily doing it. And yeah. the taking action, the taking action is, it's one of those yeah. biggest is, finishing points. And that's, that's the beauty of being a coach, right? As we always talk about, you know, if that individual you're working with doesn't walk away with an action, then you've just had a nice chat. Whereas coaching is all about the action-orientated approach, isn't it? And solution-focused and and helping that individual, as you said, getting from where they are today to where they want to be and taking the action. So, which I think is so powerful to do that. So, yeah, I think it's amazing. And, you know, I would definitely encourage people to look at the questions that you've actually posed because you put some great questions in here for people as well that... And I think that ability to just stop and pause and reflect and, and answer them for yourself, as you said, you were right in your book and these things that you thought were dealt with suddenly popped back up again, but that's part of learning. So, and it's your, your reaction to it, which is really key. So, so let me ask you one final question. If you were to give yourself, go back in time and give your younger self a piece of uh-huh. advice, what would it be? Yeah. Okay, loads of advices. <laughs> I love that. I think, I think, I think, I think the one, the, the big standout one would be to trust yourself. Yeah. I think, you know, again, it's easy to say that when you get older and you look back at your life and I talk about it in the book, but I really wish more people had told me that earlier or I wish I had just believed that earlier. Yeah. It's taken me a long time, I think, to realise how strong my intuition is. And when I look back at my life and all the things all the best choices, you know, my intuition was always kind of telling me yes or no, you know yeah, what I mean? Okay. So I think for me, I really wished I had just trusted, trusted myself yeah. more <laughs> on the big stuff. And, and, and also when it said no, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like when your heart said no, or like when I wanted to quit dancing, I, I think I said in the book, I knew for quite a long time it was time to, to move on, but I was so scared. And I wish, I wish someone had just sort of said to me in that moment, like, Shona, okay, you're scared, but what what does your gut feeling say? Like, what does your heart say? And then almost encouraged me to trust that earlier because, um, yeah, it's just, it's never let me down. And I hear, again, so many women say this, but I, so that would be my dips. I would just tell her to trust 
trust yourself. Trust, trust your yourself. yeses, trust your no's. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's such a, a good piece of advice for people to think about um, as we sort of you know head into looking at what makes people successful. And, and I know you focused in on um, you know, women because that was your experience and what people were saying, but I suppose it applies to everybody really about if you really want to be successful, you know, what do you need to do? You need to think about it and plan it and prep it and then go and, as you said, and do it. Um, So I think that's the bit we need to consider, isn't it, as we move on. So how do people reach out to you and find out more about (laughs) you? Apart from buying the book, which we will make sure people know all about. (laughs) And we're going to give away a free copy, don't forget, as well. Oh, my God. Yes, you are going to give away a free copy. (laughs) Yes, we'll pose the question at the end of this chat. But, yeah, I love that. (laughs) No worries. So the best way to find me, uh, shonarowan.com is my website. Um, Or you can find me on LinkedIn, again, Shona Rowan, and connect with me that way. Reach out if you'd like to know more about the work I do with organizations or my open program or my yep. podcast. Yes. Um, I'd love, I'd love to connect with them. Brilliant. And we'll yeah. make sure that goes out. And and as as you've heard, you know, Shona is giving away a free copy of her book, which is definitely worth it. Um, so what we'd like to know is the first person to let us know via email on secrets from a coach at AOL.com what three things they do for themselves that boosts their confidence. Let us know. And the first ones that come through to us, we will make sure you get a copy of Shona's book. So um, yeah, look out for that. But thank you so much. As always, we could chat and chat and chat and catch up and talk about this as well. So I just want to say thank you for giving me your time to speak to us all today and to share some of your wisdom. Um, And it's been a real pleasure. Well, thank you, Debs, for having me on. Like you said, I always love our chats and thank you for all those years ago for that. You know, that was one of those sliding doors moments. And if I hadn't been introduced like that, like who knows what would have happened off the back of that. So exactly. thank you to you. Pleasure. Thank you to you, Debs. You're very welcome. Yeah. Take care. Uh-huh. <laughs> thank okay. you. Bye. Bye. Oh, Debs, I feel thoroughly inspired listening to Shona. She's got so much energy. Yeah, she has got loads of energy and she's always been like that, actually, Law. So what did you take from it? A number of things. I loved how she just really neatly encapsulated the barriers and the enablers for the psychology of success and unlocking that in each of us. Um, I thought it was really interesting, her surprises around that actually this stuff is like layers. Mm. So it's almost like a continuing work in progress, as you often say, you know, every day we're kind of working on and progressing ourselves. But my key takeout, Debs, because, you know, we are always interested in what are the practical things we can do right now. I thought it was awesome the way that she shared some ideas for to say no, um, how to be confident if someone is kind of pressing those boundaries. So um, number one, that kind of reducing that urge to be perfect and also that uh, people-pleasing urge, so how to hold still in those boundaries. Simple phrases like, I'm finding it difficult to say no to you because I'd love to get involved, but yeah. in truth, I just don't have the capacity right now. Can we pick this up maybe later? Brilliant. Mm-hmm. And that little seven-second response could save, you know, huge amounts of stress and pressure and overwhelm, which can impact our ability to feel successful in that moment. So that, for me, was my key takeaway. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I same as you, and... And I loved how she built on the the layers piece because you're right. We're we're not just one dimensional, right? There's loads of layers to us. So if the, as again, the more we understand who we are, define what success looks like for us as well. I think is the question to ask: What does success even mean to you? 
Um, and what does it mean to have a successful life? So, you know, just asking yourself some of those self-reflection questions that enable you to just stop and think for a moment. So, and then obviously the layers that then happen as a result of that means we're continually learning and growing. And, you know, it's, I think that's what's going to help us is if we can keep that open mind, as she said, to learn and keep on learning, then that creates the success really for us, whatever that might mean for us. Yeah. And of course, we could have been having this conversation and we could have been reading this book, you know, 20 odd years ago. But the environment we're in right now, we've all got our L plates on. And if ever was ever the time we needed to support each other and be our own best friend, you know, in terms of coaching ourselves and our inside voice, then it's now because, you know, there's a lot going on and it can be easy to focus on the things that derail us. And phrases like, you know, well, the insights that Shona shared are just so useful, aren't they, right now? Because it can be easy to forget those. Um, So come on then, coach. It's all about converting wishful thinking to tangible action. Yeah. What would be your call to action for someone thinking, right, this is the week that I'm really going to unlock my psychology to uh, take me even closer towards whatever our beliefs are around success. So what would your call to action be? Mm, my good call to action would be to define what success means for you, first of all. So definitely take some time to reflect on what does that even mean in all areas of your life. And then think about how you can seek out, I think, some help and support to be able to achieve the goals that you're going to set around doing that. Because we can't always do it alone and we're not supposed to, actually. So if we can find that support, whether it's working with somebody you trust or a coach or a mentee or whatever it might be, is find that person and just define it and then work out your plan of action to go and get it. Love it. And I think picking up the baton that Shona shared, her question. So first person to email in to secretsfromacoachaol.com with your three things that you do to boost your self-confidence. Well, what a fantastic conversation to have with someone else. Pick up the phone, initiate contact, have a chat with someone. What are the things that you are doing right now that boost your confidence? And uh, oh, please share it with us because you never know whom you might, without even realising, just inspire them to think entirely differently about a challenge that's ahead of them. Absolutely. So that would my share the secret. Think about um, not only for yourself, but also have that conversation with someone else. Love that. Which leads beautifully into setting us up for our focus on the next episode, which will be where episode one in this little mini series around confidence was boosting self-confidence. We then had a focus on, well, how do we then have that confidence to to collaborate with others, to work on problems in new and evolving ways? What might be some barriers to confidence that are worthwhile having to think about to overcome? Mm-hmm. We've just had our guest today with Shona talking about unlocking the psychology of success. And our final part of our focus on confidence is what does it mean to inspire others to be confident, in particular, the future world of next generation workforce? So what does it mean for those of us who are mature adults in the world <laughs> of work right now? What might that mean in terms of inspiring others around us to be confident? Yeah, that's going to be so good to to do with you, Law, because I know your passion about that future generation. Oh, my God, I can't wait to have a conversation with you about that. I know, me too. As as long as I can stop mainlining TV box set series (laughs) on Disney Channel. (laughs) But I've got a really bad cold day, so that's the reason. It's research, it's research. It's research, absolutely. Enjoy. All right, have a fab week. Yeah, thanks, Di. Love you. Love you. Bye. 
We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at secretsfromacoach at aol.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And if you're a Spotify listener, give us a rating as it makes it easier for us to share the secret with others. 